guys are listening to Get Loud Now. I'm Kate Brockmeyer. Renee Callahan. Ashley Alman. Katie Hagley. I, ah, oh, every episode, you guys, I tell everybody how freaking excited I am. But I'm always so excited. This podcast has been so much fun. We've had the best people on. I feel so blessed that you guys are taking your time to come and be on the show with us and tell us your story, share whatever you guys have going on, and really to put a message out to all the other parents who are working to light the torch, blaze the trail in modern day parenting, where for a lot of us Christian parents, there is no guidebook. And a lot of days it really feels like the world is super heavy and you are the only one making the right choice, doing the right things, and and trying to serve and be the person that you know that God has called you to be. And yet in this time and in this space, it feels like everything you've ever trusted is working against you. And it's working in a very fast snowball coming at you 180 miles an hour. And you, you just, there is no defense big enough, wide enough, or strong enough. And so if you are feeling that way these days with your school and trying to navigate what does other options look like? What are other resources? What does homeschooling look like? You know, because homeschooling is not what it was, you guys. Remember back in the day when you knew a homeschooled kid, you were like, oh, I don't know about that kid. <laughs> I remember my very first boss at, um, at uh, not my very first, she was like my fourth boss, but I worked at the, the Sears Portrait Studio in Crestwood Mall. And the lady that ran that place was like Pentecostal. No offense if you're Pentecostal and listening, but, you know, she like always wore the skirts and she had very long hair and she all these things. And uh, she couldn't spell the word dinosaur. And I was like, and I remember being like, well, if you weren't homeschooled, you wouldn't, you'd know how to spell dinosaur, <laughs> you know? And now I'm like, homeschooling's looking pretty good. Like, I don't know. You know, it's like, you always tell God like, oh, I'd never do that. And then God's like, hmm, <laughs> watch me pave this journey for you. Sometimes I feel like he is really living his best life up there. <laughs> Amen. Right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let me tell you what. So I'm, you guys tell us a little bit about kind of, um, let's just kind of like dive in. So you guys are homeschooling mamas. Yes. Yes. Homeschooling together or homeschooling separately? Separately. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cause there's a lot of like, you know, we're going to homeschool and we're going to like share and co-op and kind of do all that stuff together. But you guys are each doing it at your home with your kiddos. Correct. Yep. Yes. So we, we tend to get together just because we're friends. We live in the same subdivision and our kids are friends. So we do get together a lot, but we definitely school separately. So there's that socialization piece, right? Because everybody right. always is like, oh, what about the, what about socialization? Yeah, I don't worry about socialization. Right? That's no. not a problem. Right. No, not at all. My kids get plenty of socialization, and, church friends, you And know, don't you feel like it's actually the socialization that you actually want them to get? Yes. Right? 100%. Yes. Like the public school socialization is not private school socialization might really not be the socialization that you really want for your kids anyway, right? You want to be running with people that share the same morals and values and want what you want for your kids. And, the, you know, it all sort of runs in the same boat, which is why a lot of us picked Catholic school um, and private school in hopes that we would be finding those families. And yet here we are kind of wondering how in God's name we got here, right? Yeah. So... Okay, so break down for us, whichever one of you guys wants to go first and kind of tell us, like, you know, what was your awakening moment that you were like, uh, this is no longer working for me? You yeah, start? I'll start. Okay. Sure. So I have a third grader and a first grader and also a three-year-old. So last year when everything was virtual, our school district was starting the school year virtual and my now third grader had ended his first grade school year virtually. I'm a former elementary teacher. And I really did not like virtual school the spring of 2020. And I know that everyone was just kind of like, 
you know, going off the cuff. There wasn't, you know, there was no handbook for that. Teachers were just trying to figure out what they were doing. Um, but as a teacher and also a little bit of a control freak, I just didn't like how it was going. And then the next year, 2021, or the, you know, 2020, 2021 school year, I had a kiddo starting kindergarten and I really did not want virtual kindergarten. There was just so many things about it that I, that I didn't like. And I had always kind of had in the back of my head that I had maybe wanted to try homeschool, but I don't think I would have ever had the guts to do it if it hadn't been for virtual school and COVID and all that stuff. So I decided that I was just going to go for it. I was going to try it. So I was, I found a curriculum that I love and we can talk about that later. And so I decided we're going to do this. And so with a first grader and a kindergartner and a second grader, we jumped in and we started homeschooling last year. So this is our year two. And I love it more now than I did when we first started. I hear that. That's awesome. And so that's, I mean, similar, not the same, but we ended, um, I had two in school. So I had a kindergartner and a, a third grader or fourth third grade, third grader at the time. And then, um, so that next year I had a fourth grader a first grader, one going into kindergarten, and then a three-year-old at home. And um, I just knew my kindergartner was not going to learn sitting at a computer, listening to a teacher tell her things, and she wasn't going to pay attention. I knew my first grader who had missed part of kindergarten was going to struggle with the same stuff, you know, like what they missed. And then learning on a computer after being in preschool and kindergarten and stuff was going to be so different. And then I'd have to be chasing my three-year-old around and having three computers with three different teachers and three different classes. My fourth grader at the time probably would have been okay, but um, I just started them all at home, easiest, right? Um, They started all virtual, and then I actually was planning on, once they were going back five days a week, um, I was putting them back in school. And so I did that last February. I put them back in school, and all I have to say is between February and May, a lot of stuff went down that I was not okay with. And that's whenever I realized like it was way better, even though I didn't feel like I could teach. I'm not, I wasn't a teacher. I didn't make the best grades in school. So I was very nervous and skeptical that I could even homeschool really and teach my kids like, you know, a teacher could come this year, started out strong and where we're going to be. We're never going back. Well, no. you had the vision, unlike like me, I, until I talked to you about it once, you had the vision that, you know, it was going to be easier because you could time your schedule. You could design your schedule, which mm-hmm, I didn't, right. in my head, I'm like thinking of the institutionalized version where it's got to be nine to mm-hmm. whatever, whatever timed out. Right. I had yeah. to definitely like untrain my brain almost as I was a public school teacher for eight years. And so I had it, you know, a certain way how things were supposed to go in teaching. And I definitely had to retrain myself to be a homeschool teacher, which is so different than being a classroom teacher. And I still go and I sub in the school district that we live in at the school that my kids would attend. And so I know a lot of the teachers there. And um, it's still every time I go, I text Ashley and another friend and I'm like, I'm always thinking, am I going to, when I go in the sub, am I going to think, oh, my kids are like missing out on so much. And I've never once felt that way. I still love the public school system. I love all the teachers I work with. I have so much respect for teachers, but I love homeschooling so much more. And I think it has so many more benefits to it that if, if you um, are fortunate enough to be able to do it, I think that it's such a great option. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, and I think that, you know, a lot of what COVID has done and, and being virtual and, you know, virtual at home, Melville at home mm-hmm. was not homeschooling, right? Like, you know, I've always no. run in like right. a very crunchy crew of people. 
and a lot of my friends have always homeschooled and they're like, oh, you could do it. And I was like, absolutely not. Right. I don't even, I mean, ugh, no way. And so, you know, I think what we, when we went virtual, all my friends were like, this is not homeschooling. Stop saying that. Don't say that. It right. Definitely not not. Don't do it. And, you know, I think that there is a lot of that fear of, you know, I didn't do well in math. So how could I ever teach my kids math? I didn't do well in English, you know, and, and some of it's courage over confidence, right? You're just mm-hmm. for sure. It, and, and the, I was writing out a, a blog post this morning and I haven't posted it yet, but I'm going to, and I was talking about like how, you know, I think when you get pregnant, you become your, your mama bear, like starts in the tips of your toes. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it slowly starts to move up through your body with every single experience that you get until eventually you get to a space where you're roaring. You don't even, it's almost like when you're in, I was telling my son this morning also about people going to flight or fight, right? And in chaos and in a, in, a, in a crisis, people are either running towards what's happening or they're running away from it. Mm-hmm. I'm a fighter. Like I'm coming in, I'm going into the ring, right? A lot of people are runners. That's fine. I don't care what you do. But, you know, w- within that space, there's also people that are standing there silently screaming. Their mouths are open. They're screaming. Everyone can hear them, but they can't hear themselves, right? And I was telling him also, I'm like, that's what this mama bear gets to where you're, I don't hear myself screaming, but everyone else does. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in that space, so like when people, you know, actually, when we talk about when people are like, I'm not qualified, mm-hmm. right. What are some of the things that you were like, mm, I, I might not be qualified, but, but, <laughs> um, I think most of it, honestly, whenever it comes to like actual book work and, um, I didn't know if I could actually get my kids to sit down and like listen and like learn from me, who's always speaking to them about learning stuff and life. And, you know, I think um, math was my most nervous subject because I did not do good at math. And, you know, I had a fourth grader and now a fifth grader. And are you smarter than a fifth grader? Watch that show. No, I'm not. <laughs> but um, actually, so having Katie, like, definitely helped me. She encouraged me a lot. Um, our friend Jenny encouraged me a lot, too. And I think that, um, but just knowing, like, when they were going to school, I didn't know what they were learning. And I wasn't, I wasn't going over it or, like, being retaught it as an adult. Mm-hmm. And now reading through their curriculum and setting up, you know, even for the next day, like, what, what they're going to be going over. It's just basically reading over it and then reading it to the kids. But it literally gives you step by step, like say this. And the curriculum that we do is so, it's just so pure. It's um, a little old school, but then like modernized a little bit. And it's just so good. I mean, they pick up on it. I mean, so really my five-year-old at the time, she's in first grade now. Um, I mean, I taught her to read. I taught her to write. She didn't know of her alphabet. She didn't know of, you know. And it's so rewarding. It's right. so that. rewarding. I already taught fifth grade, so I didn't know how to teach a kid to read. And watching my kindergartner learn to read was one of the coolest oh, things ever. 100%. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and just the quality time. Yeah. You know, they'll cuddle up to you and stuff like that. Um, the intimacy that they don't get from the lovingness and stuff. Not that no teachers give that. But you know what I mean? It's, it's different. Just, it's it biological different. and it's... Sure. Yes. And they can cuddle up to you and be, you know, mommy, I don't understand. Or how come I can't get this? And, you know, you see their frustration. And then when they get it, it's like, 
oh my gosh, <laughs> just the best. <laughs> and I feel like those are a lot of the moments that you're never going to be able to get back, right? right? For and sure. how much of our schooling in school is really wrapped up in frustration? Mm-hmm. I saw my husband this morning while getting ready for school. You know, every, everybody's stomach hurts. Nobody wants to go to school. Everybody's stomach hurts. You know, I was like, I wouldn't have to do this if we weren't going to school. I, I say all the time, like one of my biggest things that I love about homeschooling is when my kids were in school, our mornings were constantly chaos. I was yelling. Yes. I, the whole time my kids yes. saw me in the morning, I was yelling, get, get breakfast, get your shoes. Where are your shoes? How come you can't mm-hmm. find your shoes? Where's your book bag? You know, all this stuff. And so, and then it was like, okay, hurry, get out to the bus. And so it was just like this chaos in the morning and it's, now we don't have that. I mean, there. Don't get me wrong. Right. I still right. Yell. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> my kid. That's not but, a yelling free house yet. But it's our mornings are so much less chaotic and just so much more calm, and just not having that rush. And we are very busy people, so our afternoons and our evenings are, you know, sports activities, and so it gives us that calm during the day that we actually get to see each other. I get to be part of my kids growing up. I get to spend more than forty-five minutes with them in a day. And that's easily one of my favorite parts of homeschooling is just all the quality time that I get with my young kids. That was going to be one of my questions because we had the regional director on last week or a couple weeks ago, and um, she was talking about the same thing. And so have you seen like a change in the dynamic of your household? Like, I mean, can you speak to that at all? Like, do you think there's been changes in your kids' behavior? Because right now, like I'm fighting like in the Mm -hmm. mornings, you know, I'm trying to bring peace back, but... um, because I feel like during COVID, I was like, everything was okay. Like we were at home and, mm-hmm. and we, exactly. Um, but we're back to that kind of like at the end of the year and everybody's like, we're just ready for summer. Yes. So it's funny. I asked my third grader before I came, I said, uh, Trip, what do you like about homeschooling? Like what's one of your favorite things? And he's not like, my first grader is more like the snuggler, you know, wants to spend time with mom. My third grader is a lot more independent. And he was like, um, I think I just like that I get to spend so much time with my family. Aww. And so I do think that it does, you know, they sense the busyness of our right. lives. And so I think that they get a sense of like calm in the day and not so much just going from straight from school, eat a quick snack before we head out to hockey or whatever we right. have that night, you know. Well, and the fact that their days really wake up from the moment they wake up till the time they go to bed, it's a hustle, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. You wake up in a hustle, you go to school every 22 minutes, every 42 minutes, you're sh- shifting gears. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, we look, we want them to then come home and we want the best of them, right? For when sure. they've right. been at school all day. And they can't give us the best. Like I said to my son last night, I was like, listen, I know you're a good listener. You do it at school all day. I need you to, you know, drop some of that at home. And he goes, oh, I used it all up while I was at school. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was like, Mm -hmm. I bet you did. I bet you did. did. I'm going to need a little bit of it. I was like, yeah, muster a little bit. Just three times. I'll take three times a day. Right, right. And that's not why any of us had kids, right? To like, you know, be in a battle with the school or to be in a battle with a teacher or to be in a battle with another parent or another student or... Or them. I mean, or right. them, or like she was saying with Trip, uh, my oldest, I mean, would just be in tears because she moves. We call her, her name's Sawyer. We call her Sawyer Sloth. She moves <laughs> at the slowest pace. And just all the way up to third grade in the mornings, I mean, she would be like, my mom just like threw my book bag at me and like, and I remember her friends being like, Sawyer told us that you were kind of mean. And like, you know, like, you're like, oh, I'm like, honey, I'm not like, I'm just trying to like encourage you to move, move a little bit, you know, right. and, and whatever. And now she really does. She gets up and I'm like, you can take two hours to your math today or you can take, you can get it done in 30 minutes. Like, and right. if, if she gets it and she moves on and if she's struggling, then we go over it. And 
you aren't forced to, um, I need to do the homework. I need to figure out tonight because tomorrow we moved on Mm -hmm. to the next subject or the next, um, you know, unit or whatever it is. And there isn't testing. I mean, there's assessments, but it's not like a, okay, if if you're going to get an F, you know, you're going to look dumb in front of your classmates or you're going to have to take that home and, and pay the consequences of your mom and dad we can like just learn together and go over it. And I can explain like, it's okay that you're not like there yet. You'll get there. You know, what curriculum are you guys using? We use a curriculum called the good and the beautiful. Um, I love it. So many homeschool parents that I know use it. Um, I, from a, I love it from three perspectives, really from a teacher hat perspective. I love it. Um, like I said, I always taught fifth grade. So, but I've subbed in almost every single grade level now in elementary school. I love the way they teach actual like content Um, when it comes to reading, when it comes to grammar, when it comes to writing, math. I love the way they present topics. I feel like it's easy for me to teach. It's easy for my kids to understand. I love it from a parent perspective because it does make it easy for me to teach it to them. And then even from um, like a godly perspective, they don't explicitly teach any Bible in the curriculum. They just say they have a um, God worldview. So, you know, they'll talk about... um, in science, uh, in math, kind of that God is the great mathematician. So he created all of these cool things in our world that we have to figure out as we learn about math. And so um, it teaches about different mathematicians throughout history and how they kind of unlocked these mysteries that God put in built into the world for us. So it just kind of ties in our faith to all subjects of life, which in public school, they, we can't do that. That's not part of faith and, and education are very separate. Where with this curriculum, it intertwines our faith with reading, with writing, with math. And it should be because that the world is all part. It's all connected, interconnected. So I, I love the curriculum for that. And yeah. what's really cool is for um, language arts and math, you can download it for free. Whoa, yeah. wow. You can that's print awesome. out. Yeah, the whole. Yourself, yeah. That's it. I do. We print out the um, curriculum. And I literally three hole punch it, bind it, and it's in a folder. Yeah. That's so awesome. I mean, well, and I love when, like I love when you say like you know we're we're able to kind of do all of these things and have these relationships, and that it does tell you exactly what to say because mm-hmm. I think that's a big like fear factor of homeschooling. It's like how am I gonna do this? Because you get their homework from school, you don't understand how they're being taught about it, right. and then you're trying to navigate and like Google like. My son right now is behind on Spanish. Y'all don't speak Spanish. <laughs> I know no <laughs> Spanish. The, the assignment was like, que tiempo hace or whatever. I, listen, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm I don't sorry. know. <laughs> I'm copying, pasting it into Google for Spanish to English translator. So I can even email the teacher back and be like, hey, we're behind on six assignments. Uh, I don't know what's happening. I wish you would have contacted me at number three, but that's fine. Uh, now we have a detention. Okay. You know, and the detention is actually delayed out till the end of Lent because they're not doing detention during Lent. So now we're in the second week of Lent and we have to wait until the end of Lent to receive our detention. Yeah. It's interesting. He's like Weird. sobbing. I'm like, we're not Aww. doing that detention. We're not doing that detention. We're not, right. You're not going to consequence him mm-hmm. in seven weeks yeah. for something that happened now with zero communication. Interrupts. So, you know, regardless. But, you know, I think that's a big fear for a lot of people is like, what do I say? What do I do? How am I going to get, you know, all of these things done? How many hours a day do you guys think that you spend actually teaching and prep time? Because prep time's like, a, you know, potentially a big gig. I can honestly say I prep nothing. 
I, I literally open the book and we do it. And that's how the favorite. curriculum is designed to just open the book and go. And that's I think awesome. at the beginning, when I first started, I probably looked ahead more yeah, than I do now. Sure. Now I'm, now I'm pretty comfortable with it. And also you probably could prep and like, you know, add in some extra fun things. Yeah. <laughs> I probably should do that more, but let's be honest, life. Right. So, um, and we probably start every day at nine and I would say we're done including lunchtime by one or one thirty every day. And very similar at the beginning of the year, I prepped every, every night. It took me about 20 minutes to do all three and just to prep them. I'd read, th- like skim through it. If there's supplies that we need, um, which they provide you with, like if you buy a math box or whatever. So if they're going to need a dice or like something like that, I would get it out, put it in their little bucket, get it all prepped. Now it's (laughs) what, March? (laughs) It hasn't happened since before Christmas for sure. And then we start a little later. My my family sleeps in a little bit. So we usually start at like 10, um, depending on what we're doing that day. And yeah, I'd say we're done by like 1.30, but we don't because we wake up later and we eat later, um, we really don't eat lunch until after. So it's about, I'd say three and a half to four hours a day. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Like all the time. Right. Yeah. That they're really not getting at school, you know, I mean, because you're waiting. Oh, and we've done, what's great is, so, you know, I'll call Katie and say, Hey, it's supposed to be 60 degrees today. I mean, we did it last week. Do you want to get done real quick and go to the park? Um, if they're busy or if I just want to take my kids, I literally will have them do half of their day, do an hour and a half of work, get dressed, throw some snacks in a, um, in a lunch bag and we go. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to sit at this picnic bench and you guys are going to do your work. We're going to finish our school. And then you guys got an hour to play, but you have to sit and do it. Oh my gosh. These kids, right. we're at the play, you know, like whatever we're like at school. It's like, oh, so-and-so took up the swing and or they get 20 minutes me. to be right. outside. Exactly. Right. Beautiful yeah. day, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, we sit out on my trampoline. We did math facts the one day and I had all three of them and I was like, okay. And I had three sheets and I'd be like, all right, it's your turn. You answer these three questions. Correct. And then you get to show me your three best moves on the trampoline. You know, like you just, it's just right. fine. Like right. it's just, I did not think this girls. Okay. <laughs> Katie, you can attest to this. I literally was like, I cannot homeschool. I cannot teach actual like subjects. Like I can teach my kids life. You can. I cannot. Everyone and can. Yes. Yeah. I'm doing it. Right. And that's all. What, I mean, grade. it's, I think that there's so much of the, I can't. And, and it's and the unfortunate part of it too, I think is, is sort of that unprogramming, right? Because mm-hmm. you were told that you couldn't ever teach your kids unless you went to college to become a teacher and pass this test, right? So that's like one element of all the things that you have to like detox from your brain, right? Mm -hmm. Then the second thing is what does school really look like? For me, I worked for Parkway um, for St. Louis Special School District for a long time. I worked with self-injurious and severely aggressive kiddos. And, you know, I had a different understanding of what education meant for those kids, right? Because our goal for them was like zip your coat. Don't bite somebody that's walking too close to you. And that sounds silly, but that was like a legit goal. Like we, sure, had, right. we took data on that. Like how many times could somebody walk past Charlie over here and Charlie didn't reach out and bite them. Mm. So, you know, my understanding at that point was a very different space as well. And then as my kids have aged, you know, I'm looking at friends with kids in high school, you know, Catholic high school is disgustingly expensive in mm-hmm. St. Louis in particular. It's not really that way. You go 20 minutes South and it's, you know, still moderately priced, 10 grand. You come up here, it's almost triple, double that, you know, double, triple, yeah. quadruple that price. 
And so, you know, I look at some of the experiences that these kids are having and do I really want my 16-year-old out getting drunk and doing God only knows what else and these girls in these teeny tiny dresses and, you know, this whole life, I don't know if I really want that life, right? So you even start to kind of have this unraveling, I feel like, that we've had post-COVID that starts to be, if you're open to it, I feel like all the things start to unravel. Mm -hmm. Everything from getting your kids into college to getting your kids into high school public high school, the types of friends you want for them, the, the um, exposure and experiences you want. What are the things that really matter to you? Like, you know, all of these things are, are unraveling. And I think they're unraveling for a lot of people, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I think overall, a lot of people are starting to be like, holy crap, this is, this might be what is currently and was. We had Rachel Pinkerton on a couple of weeks ago and we talked about parallel economies which was a phrase I hadn't really heard about before until she was on. And, and it was her, a very interesting chat. It was very interesting. So you guys have to listen to that episode. But her whole gig is that we have to start becoming sustainable on our own independently, including our school systems, our own economy, who you're bartering with, how you're, you know, who you're buying from, like all of these things. You need to become uh, like sovereign, basically, in that space that you are no longer require like relying on the government to care for you in mm-hmm. any way, shape or form. Right. Very, very interesting conversation. And her gig is they're starting a resource center in West County for homeschooling and kind of like mm-hmm. a kind of a drop off space, but mm-hmm. you know, parent involvement and, and there's going to be a lot of micro schools. There's going to be a lot of things I think start popping up over the next couple of years because people are so backed into a corner. Yeah. Agreed. You know, yep. there's no advocacy in the schools anymore. Yeah. It's very different for sure. It's even just, um, this is my sixth year not teaching. And I would say the scope that public school has changed since I've been staying home is drastic. It's mind blowing. I found out yesterday, Kirkwood School District has got a lot, uh, quite the mess over there. And I, yeah. I imagine Webster's probably the same. I just don't know a lot of those moms. But Kirkwood has something called affinity groups. And it's only for people of a certain race or a certain religion. And if you are not of that race or of that religion, you may not attend that group. And you sign up for it, and then they decide whether or not you're a good fit. And there's like a whole presentation and a video and like all these things. And it's like this whole ordeal. And, mm. you know, I'm like, what? What are we, what, what, what are we doing? Like, right. what's going on? You know, how is this thing? Even, you know, and the snowball just continues to grow. 100%. One of my biggest things is, I really wanted to figure, figure it out and see if I could do it because my fear, I mean, I have four girls. My fear is the, um, unisex bathrooms. Girl, it's coming. And locker rooms. Melville's not playing. They're already putting in bids and everything else. Yes. And this is the thing. Look, I get that, you know, people are going to do what they do. It's their business, whatever. But when my daughter is starting her period, and going in to change her tampon or her mm-hmm. pad, and she's already Nervous. freaked out, and right. you know what's happening. My body's changing, whatever. Or my daughter that plays soccer and softball when she goes in to change her uniform. I mean, I did this. I went through college playing sports. I it's already almost awkward to like change in front of girls, just because right. mm-hmm. you know, am I bigger than her? You know, the body right. comparison and stuff, which is way worse than it was when I was in school. So. To sit there and think that my kid's going to walk in and I know the hormones that I had. I know the hormones that guys had and be in that situation. Like, why are we exposing our kids to these things? Like, I can't, I just cannot, I won't, right. like, I won't do it. So 
I think along along those lines, another reason why um, I know we've talked about, and for me, for sure, personally, too, homeschooling we love is I'm not trying to shield my kids from everything. I know I'm not trying to make them live in a little bubble. Um, you know, they're still very involved with friends, you know, in, in their different sports that they play and stuff like that. But I want them to remain kids and innocent, innocent for as long as they can. Mm-hmm. And for what kids are supposed to stay innocent for, you know, now kids have so much more access to things um, than even they did 10 years ago. And so it just forces them almost to grow up so much faster, to know about things so much earlier than their minds are ready for, right. than they can handle. And so honestly, part of the reason I love homeschooling is my first and third grader can keep their innocence mm-hmm. the way a first and third grader should. Exactly. Not that I'm trying to make my, you know, my boys be you know, when they're 13 years old, they're going to know things that 13 year olds know. And I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with them knowing those things when they're six and eight. Right. You know, right. right. And that's why I regretted putting my kids in last year. Yeah. I think that was some of your hard like lines that were crossed. Yeah. Yep. And that's why I went back to homeschool because I knew at that point I can do it. And if I'm not, you know, the first time I did it, it, there was a light at the end of the tunnel. I knew they were going back eventually. But then when I started this year, it was, nope, I'm buckling in we're, and we're here for the ride. Like we're doing this all year and maybe next year will be different is, was my you know, mindset at the beginning of the year. And now it's like, no, it's not going to be different. It's <laughs> going to be worse. And there's more reason to keep you here. And just, um, yeah, I mean, my fourth grader was told at recess that she, it was national rape day and, um, a boy could force her to have sex. And she was like, I, she came to me. And I wouldn't have known this had she not come to me and told me. Mm-hmm. And she said, mommy, is that where you like take your shirt off and kiss? That's what the kids were saying. But I don't know what that is. And I was like, because you don't need to know. Right. You are, you just turned 10. So it's know, just that is insane. And the thing is, is so that scary. I think, I mean, if you guys look at my Facebook, I'm constantly battling with people and I never expected myself to be in a space where I was. I mean, I just unfriended someone I've known my entire life the other day and I didn't even acknowledge them. I just literally went, unfriend, like done. I didn't even like message. I didn't say anything. She didn't say anything, whatever. Known her my whole life. People keep saying to me, but the kids are talking about it anyway. But the kids are talking about it anyway. They're only talking about it because you're encouraging it. You're Mm -hmm. creating an environment for them that makes it. I mean, I just saw a thing out of Columbia Public Schools out of Columbia, Missouri, and it had your child's gender. It had boy, girl, non-binary, and self-describes as. Her child is seven in first grade, Mm -hmm. and she wrote on there, boy, he has a penis, he (laughs) is a boy. End of story. Florida, uh, Governor DeSantis has a, um, uh, I think it just went into law right now that um, you cannot have any LGBTQ content or curriculum in yep. pre-k to third grade to third grade and they are throwing a fit about they're it. losing their minds a fit. i just what? testified in jeff city i mean i'm about to move i mean right. anybody want to go south and that's part of the problem you know but the problem is you go to florida there all these people are still there right all these people who think this mm-hmm. way are still there are they a little bit maybe further ahead on the part of the gig with florida though is that primarily a huge part of their population is over the age of 60 Another good part of their population is only there a certain amount of time in the year. So they're able to pass a lot more things that they want to pass because they're not there to vote in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. Voting is November 5th. 
you're a winter bird, you don't get down there till that, you know, after Thanksgiving, you know, it's kind of a different ballgame. So the other thing that's interesting about Florida is that they have major school districts. So their school districts like cover the entire county, like Mariposa County, right? That covers a million people. So where in St. Louis County, you've got a different school district every, you know, four miles in Florida, it's all one district. So they have one central office. We waste a lot of money in the state of Missouri paying all these people to do the same job over and over and over and over again in all these districts, right? Mm -hmm. Which is also what creates a lot of the monopoly in St. Louis in regards to where you live and how things happen. And, you know, kids being bused from here, kids being bused from there, all of those kind of breakdowns. And, and I think that there's, we're kind of getting to a place, and I said this earlier this week also on Facebook, like, we can't keep doing this for you. You as a parent and as a person need to start standing up. Mm-hmm. Like, you ain't got to stand in front of me. Don't worry, I'll blaze it for you. But you got to say something. You can't just keep rolling over and be like, well, my kid might be sad. Your kid's going to be real damn sad when they're sitting in a freaking jail cell because that's the, the education that we have allowed to become. My kids are here with us today. I refuse to test them, my son and another kiddo, for a field trip to go to the Fox Theater because if you're 12 and over and not vaccinated, you have to get tested. What happens if you test 25 sixth graders randomly for COVID? I mean, don't you think at least a few of them most likely are going to turn up positive just right. organically? What, then you're going to throw the whole school back into masks because you tested them? Like, what's the, what's the motivation here? Well, not only that, but he, te- okay, so if he tests positive, he's been at school the whole time. Every day this week, no without mask. a mask and playing and hanging out, was at school all day and then mm-hmm. went to the, to the Fox Theater with his group. Right. And then what? Now you're going to make him leave. Like, yeah. so you were exposed. You've been exposed. What's the difference of walking into this building or being, you know? And as a school, why do we want to pitch parents and children against each other mm-hmm. in this space? I made a medical decision for you. I chose not to vaccinate you. Now you're missing out on educational experiences because of this decision, because they decided to go ahead and have this. Mm-hmm. Now you're pitching kids against kids. Like, it, it's just too much. It's ridiculous. So, you know, I think that this conversation is so impactful for people because I think that people do need to know that you guys are normal. Real life, everyday mamas. Ish. Mm. You know? Yes. I mean, in the big scheme of life, right? It's not right. like you guys are For like, sure. you know, coming in here with, I mean, but at this point, honestly, if you're like, well, I have a PhD, I'd be like, cool. Anyway, you know, like, I mean, you wasted a lot of money. Got it. You're yeah. one of those people. You're My a spender. education uh, in teaching is not super duper helpful to homeschooling because it is such a different thing. So honestly, so different. Ashley almost has an advantage in the fact that she wasn't a classroom teacher. So she can come in with just a clean slate almost and do. You and know, no expectations of yourself. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like when you have some sort of traction in that space, you have a lot of expectations of what you will accomplish and you know what they will accomplish and that would be my I mean I know that I would struggle with that like Mm -hmm. I would have to really work hard to retrain however I'm you know again I'm slipping very quickly down the uh, (laughs) deuces path so (laughs) I I feel like the thing is though if you and every family is going to work different like I said we sleep in and you know don't break for lunch I give the girls like a five minute break in between their um different lessons but um I really think that if you get like a a schedule down, you know, we do morning work. So the girls sit there and they'll be eating their breakfast and they, um, you know, they do the books of the Bible song and then they do the days of the week and then the months of the year. And then they do what they say the date and 
they go over like, you know, the weather outside and whatever, because some of them are little. Of course, my oldest one is, you know, like, okay, you know, I've done that, you know, whatever. But she kind of leads and she, she loves it. She's a little mother hen. And I just feel like, you know, some people might have like morning stuff that they do and other people, I don't know exactly what Katie's morning looks like, but they may eat and then come over, open up the book and okay, we're going to get going. And if that works better for your kid, I just get them into the habit of, okay. Do you have a hard time like working with, how do you deal with like different curriculum for each one of them? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, Sawyer is very much fifth grader, very much on her own. I'll read over the assignment with her that she has to do. And then she goes and does it. And if she has questions, I probably honestly spend an hour and a half to two hours a week with her. Like actually like teaching her, like, yeah, showing her stuff. So that's pretty easy. She gets up, she can get going on whatever subject. And then what I have is I have my first grader, she gets up. And then once we're going to start, she goes and she gets, she does her 20 minutes of reading. So she gets her book. She, Alexa, set a timer for 20 (laughs) minutes. And she sits and she reads while I set up uh, my second grader for, let's say, math. So I do the teaching and then she does the work for the teaching and then there's a review. So it's all stuff that we've um, done in the last few weeks or in the unit. And so then she goes and does that. And then my, so then my other one comes down. We, I set her up and teach her. And then I'll give her time to do her work. And then I'm setting up the next ones, you know, language arts or whatever we're doing next. And so it just kind of goes, or she'll go read while I'm teaching. And then, and every day it's a little different, but it's pretty much similar or the same schedule. While one's doing something that they can do independently, I'm working with the other one on a part that needs to be taught with me. So I think another thing that I wanted to bring up is a lot of people, what I hear from like friends and and, uh, people at our sports is, how do you spend your whole day with your kids? You know, was, like that was going like, to be in my next question. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you need a break? And, and honestly, as much as changing my mindset of, of how I, of teaching, going from like public school teacher mindset to homeschool, I've also had to totally do a mindset shift when it comes to being with my kids. Because I think very much culturally um, and as moms, we see a lot on, you know, social media and stuff of like, oh, you know, mom life is so hard. You need a break from your kids. You need me time. And kids are almost seen as a burden. Burden. Mm. And I've really had to do a mindset shift of my kids are not a burden. Um, They are a blessing. And Mm -hmm. it is an amazing gift that I've been given to spend this much time with them every single day and pour into them and love on them. And it is not always easy. And there are times when and in the evening, I tell my husband, like, I just I'm going to go take a Tap walk out. <laughs> and I'm going to need you to take the kids. So it is a lot of together time, but I've definitely had to actively shift my mindset to they are not a burden. And I have been given the gift of being their mom and I get to do that all day, every day. And so I'm going to look at this as time given to me and not time that is taken from me. I love that. And you know what? Quoting that up. When my kids went back last year, I called Katie a couple days and I'm just like, can you take a minute and talk to me? Like I'm literally like in tears. I like missed them so much. And I think coming off of COVID and you know, the two weeks that turned into like months of being with your kids and, and locked in the house really. And it was a lot. I know a lot of people were telling me like, oh, I loved that. Like I kind of, I almost wish we could do like a two or three weeks of COVID every year, like right, pandemic right, so right. we could be locked in the house together. It slowed everything down. And like, I got that time with my kids and it really just, 
it's not, yeah, what Katie's saying, it's such a blessing, but it's not like um, overwhelming or overbearing. You have your days where you're just like, yep, I need a break. I've been talking to little children all day. I've been teaching all day. Like, I just need some time to go sit. But um, ultimately, yeah, I agree. It's such a blessing. You guys have utilized, I I get to be friends with them, so I know a little bit of the inside story. But you guys have utilized your community in like great ways and you guys have built your little, you guys have kind of built your own village. They keep trying to get me to move back to Oakville. Mm-hmm. We're trying. <laughs> We're working on it. For her to move back to Oakville. <laughs> right? I'm just saying. Like, Come on. It but, is great. But you guys have, tell us how you've stayed with the community. Obviously you have your family's church and, um, you know, how you've built a community in your neighborhood to keep that peace because that's integral I would say you know to have your time and the kids to have their time for sure with that's others. people it's still it is funny because homeschool definitely has changed like since you know we were little to now and people ask like I still get aren't you worried about socialization which we kind of talked about at the beginning and literally that doesn't even cross my mind because we are very involved in our church and so yeah. we, our kids have lots of friends from church and they see they see people you know there our subdivision is amazing. And, and that is, it is so a huge amazing. blessing. And I know not everyone has that. Even people that we are homeschool friends with um, that, you know, just live on a street or not in a subdivision with a ton of kids. We are so lucky in the fact that I have a best friend and another very good friend who live in our subdivision, who homeschool and have kids the same age. So that That's is so amazing. amazing because when we finish school in the afternoon, I text, hey, are your kids done? Do they want to come out and play? You know, and yeah. a lot of times they're playing from 1.30 until their friends get that home from awesome. school at 3.45. So that is big. And then also just sports. Both my boys play hockey and baseball. And so we have become great friends with our hockey and baseball community. And so, um, you know, they do not lack for playtime and friend time at all. And so, no. and, and that is, I, I wrote that when I was thinking, having a community of people is huge. Even just people I've met that do homeschool through our church or through, you know, other places, you know, that person knows somebody who knows somebody. And we started a Facebook group and just getting together and going to the park. We have a we're, next week, uh, one of the other moms that doesn't go to our church started setting up field trips and we're going to the HealthWorks Museum next week. And, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And we had a play date last group. week. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have a play date and then we're going to have um, field trips like every twice a month. We'll have one play date and then one field trip. So just even getting that group of, of kids okay, together. So, so I'm going to throw you a play, uh, field trip that you have to do. Okay. It's the wolf howl at the wolf sanctuary. Oh, okay. it is. Never heard of that. So cool. Okay. It's so cool. So they go, it's an evening one. <laughs> I'll send it to you. It's awesome. I'm actually going there today at one o'clock for a private tour, cool. um, but it's an evening one and you go out and they like story tell around a campfire, which is super cool. The girl <sighs> that tells awesome. the stories is phenomenal. And then they have you like walk out and then they initially start howling and the wolves howl back. And then they have, it like gives me chills now because it was such a cool experience. It is really cool. And then they have the kids howl and the wolves howl back. And it is like Fine. such a phenomenal oh, awesome. experience. It is like so cool. So I got lots of field trip ideas because I know a lot of business. They owners. have to come to Jeff right? City with us this You guys summer. come to Jeff City. Yep. We're going to do that. We're going to have a cool. 1,000 parents strong in August to kick off the next session things I never thought I would be doing, like going to Jeff City and testifying and, you know, getting loud out there. But uh-huh. that's what we do with these <laughs> <What's> days. <happening? laughs> I love it, you guys. So let's uh, let's try to have you guys back on in, you know, six months or so if you come back on and we'll talk about, you know, where where the world's at, where things are at and kind of, you know, how you guys are doing and what's happening. 100%. Yeah, Sound to. good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on, guys. Thank this you for awesome. having us. Thank you. We'll put all Thank their info um, with the curriculums and uh, anything else that they'll give us. We'll put it in the show notes. So you guys can catch up with it. Have a great day.